0: hello everybody and welcome to manifest oh sorry that's the wrong podcast so we'll edit that out are you ready to start jensen ready able and willing okay okay so we'll start over
1: take two (laughs)
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Up Level Your Career with Judson and Jerome podcast. I'm Jerome Imhoff. I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to our conversation today about how to be successful uh, in a new job, so how to build a foundation of success for your new job. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we record this podcast from our homes. Um And so that means uh, that you are likely to hear some background noise from time to time. You might hear the sounds of our neighborhoods, the sounds of our households. Um, That's just one of the conventions of doing a little bit of a low-tech podcast. Our hope, however, is that what we're providing you is good, practical um, advice and insights that you can leverage as you up-level your own career. My name is Jerome. As I said, I'm a career coach and resume writer. I've been in practice since 2009. I started my practice in San Francisco and um, in that time have written more than 2,000 resumes and worked with countless clients. Um, and uh, so I'm really thrilled to, uh, to be a part of this podcast and to share this time with all of you and with my friend and colleague Judson Walsh. So Judson, um, I'll turn the program over to you and you can get us started.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Jerome. Good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, wherever you happen to be. I hope it's a good day for you so far. We're glad you're with us today. We have taken kind of a sequential approach to job seeking, where we started with general strategies and we worked our way up to to interviews and negotiation skills. And now we're going to assume that you landed that job. And we're going to give you some ideas and suggestions about how do you build that foundation of success? We all know how important first impressions are, and we're going to go beyond the first impressions, and we're going to lay out a a plan for you in terms of how can you make that best first impression. And loosely speaking, we're going to follow a short-term, mid-term, and then long-term plans. So we're going to give you some strategies and tactics around Those within that framework. We may jump around a little bit, but we do want to help you be successful in your next job. So with that said, what I am going to suggest out of the gate here is start your job before you start. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that, a couple of different things. One, I would suggest that you Connect, you will have connected with your manager-to-be, of course, prior to your first day, but ask him or her of and for recommendations on how to prepare for the first day. They may come up with some ideas or suggestions you hadn't thought of and something that you can get started on before you show up on your first day. For example, one thing may be some paperwork that you need to fill out. We all fill out paperwork, and it's usually HR-related could be health insurance, could be benefits, whatever it happens to be, tax forms. But if you can get that done before your first day, that would be helpful. And it shows you're taking the initiative and really trying to think through maximizing your first day. Because you don't want to just you know, go out paperwork all day if you can avoid it. You want to really kind of delve in, delve into it and start. What I would also suggest, starting before you start, Reading materials of the company, its products, perhaps some annual reports, newsletters, anything that you can find related to the company. Now, if it's a public company, information is far more accessible, but you can definitely get information on the stock price, for example, if it's a public company, and any the other relevant information. One thing that I would also ask my, your manager, or I would ask my manager, is what what industry-specific publications do they know about that you might tap into. And you don't necessarily have to subscribe to them, but understanding what's happening within that industry or sector is going to be very helpful as you move forward in talking with others within the company. It will give you fodder for conversation. Another tip I would recommend before you start is to – do what you can to make sure that your email is set up on day one, if possible. I would also um, ask for business cards in advance. Hopefully, they will have taken care of that, but you're going to want business cards right out of the gate, especially if you're in sales, because you're going to want to hit the ground running and get out and get to events, You know, assuming that we can get out and gather together. Um, and I think that that's going to be very helpful So there are some things you can do uh, before you start. And another question you might ask is, you know, ask about the dress code. If you haven't already determined that through the interview process and just by observing when you were in the offices, understanding the dress code, what to wear, what not to wear, I think that that's going to be helpful um, as well. And, you know, as, as you go into this whole thing before you start and after you start, always be mindful of your personal brand because your personal brand is something you carry with you throughout your career. And when you think about your personal brand, what does that mean? Well, I mean, everything you do and say reflects your personal brand. So as you come in on your first day, be mindful of what you're wearing and how you speak, and in in communications, whether it be email or verbal, always be aware of the language you use. And my recommendation is, is really don't use foul language. Some people do in the workplace, but I would encourage you not to. I don't think there's a need for it, but something along those lines is a reflection of you and your brand. So always be aware that you are branding yourself every single day, in, in, in whether it be your first day or your last day at, the, at this organization. Jerome, you want to add a few things?
0: yeah, um I think what you just said is really paramount the um to think about your reputation, your personal brand, and to have integrity because when those things are lost, um, they're very difficult, if not impossible, to regain um, you know having a good reputation in the business world is. So critical, um and I think it really starts with uh, with two things one is and you've alluded to these, but maybe just to put some different language around it, you know really having a positive attitude, uh which I think is what you're demonstrating when you're being proactive, as you mentioned, um you know getting everything set up and ready to to go uh you know for the first the first day on the job, I think that's all really smart advice um and hopefully the company that you're working for will take the lead. I, I know that the last corporate job I had, I walked in and there were business cards ready for me. My email logins were all set. Um, I had the paperwork. Um, I had to fill that all out and do drug tests and stuff beforehand. So I could actually start my training on day one, which was awesome. Um, but I think also, you know, to to be proactive about that is great. So I think you're demonstrating a really positive attitude when you're doing that, Um and then I think the other thing that you mentioned is sort of um another languaging is to say to take um ownership of everything you do uh whether that's the way you the way you dress, the way you communicate the way you answer the phone um, your emails uh you know um I think that's all really important and just to to think about the fact that it always says something about you. Um, And when you're representing the company, at some point it represents, you know, it says something about the company you're working for. Um, So, yeah, really great advice, Judson, really good. Okay.
1: So as we move into day one, there's a a number of things that we'll talk about today here, and you don't have to uh, apply them all. And I will just throw out the caveat that, you know, you – you really have to use your discretion on this because not all of these will be um, doable depending on the, the, the personalities of the people you're working with, the culture of the organization, your own personality, if you're an introvert versus extrovert. Some of this might be a, a stretch for you, but there's nothing wrong with stretch assignments. But always use your discretion as you go through uh, you know, first days and, and beyond here. Um, one of the things that I would – encourage you to do day one and beyond is to really understand the business. And I'm sure you did that for your interviews and you have a good working knowledge of it, but continue to dig deeper and understand strategies and tactics of the company. So if it's a small company, perhaps, and a a privately held company, and you're able to get a copy of the business plan, go for that and, and, and really study that business plan to understand the bigger picture of where the organization is going, because in in that regard, you're going to understand your role better and how you contribute to the success of the organization. And also, when you're speaking with other department heads or people in different departments, you will understand why they are doing what they are doing. And to fit all this together uh, in the jigsaw puzzle-like approach is very valuable. And any information that you can get to give you that bigger picture is going to be valuable. To to put it one way, if you didn't do this, just to make it needlessly challenging for you using the jigsaw puzzle, imagine taking all the pieces out of the uh, a jigsaw puzzle box without ever looking at the cover. If you didn't know what that cover was and you had to just piece all this together – that would be a little harder, maybe a lot harder. So understanding the bigger picture and then understanding how you fit into that in your new role and and perhaps initiatives that you could take are going to be very valuable. So do everything you can to understand the business, where it's going. And even if you're not a marketing person, understanding the marketing strategies, uh, just observing those is going to help you understand what the company does and, and and who their target audience is all that's going to be very relevant to you in your job it's easy to get caught up in you know not really seeing the fruits of your labor if you work for a very large corporation for example but still understanding how these various pieces and in this case departments fit together is going to be valuable for you jerome anything you want to add yeah.
0: Well, I just have a question because – so I'm thinking about the last – again, the last sort of corporate role I had um, where I worked for a staffing firm. And we had a – they had a really brilliant training program and sort of onboarding process. And through that process, one of the things uh, that I had to do in the first 30 days was actually make phone calls to people at the corporate headquarters – in different departments and introduce myself and and learn a little little bit about what they did. So I uh, spoke with somebody in human resources. I spoke with somebody in accounting um, and, you know, billing and that department and and throughout, you know, the IT people. And it was really a great way to sort of um, understand the organization and, you know, how my role interfaced with all these different roles. So that was already prescribed, which was awesome. I don't know that I would have thought about that on my own, um, having come from an education background into this sort of corporate world. It, you know, it was just, would have been t- totally foreign to me. But my question is, how how do you get, so you're saying ask for the business plan. And just me sitting here listening to it, My I feel like this butterflies in my stomach. Like, how do you ask for that kind of information if, it isn't provided without feeling sort of like you're maybe overstepping or being pushy. Does that make sense?
1: Well, it does. And again, this is back to the discretion that that I alluded to earlier. You gotta, you you gotta consider timing of it. You know, you don't want to come in day one guns a blazing and, you know, with you just kind of don't want to do that, obviously. Right, right. <laughs> um, But I, I guess what I would say, to answer your question the best I can, Jerome, I would say talk to your manager about this and, and and tell that person why you're asking for it. If you just say, hey, I'm trying to really understand this company from the inside out, and I think a, a business plan would be helpful, where can I find that? And sometimes, you know, there are company resources, resources. Um, you know, on their intranet, yes. there's, you know, internal databases. And finding those is going to be helpful for you, not only for a business plan, but for other information. Information is really the key to your success. And understanding that, um, where to get it, and and, and how, that, how you would apply that to your own job, I think is going to be very valuable. So go to your manager and ask him or her, How do I find this information? You know, one thing that's interesting I heard about recently is that as part of the onboarding process, some companies, what they will do, they want you to reach out to other department heads, and what they will do is they will pre-fill your calendar to meet with department heads in your first month, which I thought was just so smart uh, Mm -hmm. because it's on the schedule and you don't have to ask people necessarily. For the time, it's a, it's a given, and I just think that says so much about an organization if they took that approach. Right. Um, but I would I would say you know do what you can to to meet with folks, and and I think it's up to you to take the initiative as the new person. It really the ball is in your court, the way I look at it. Right. And, you know, you got to be sensitive and careful when when you're trying to introduce yourself to people. Um, because you don't want to just walk down the hallway and pop your head and, hey, I understand you're you know, the head of accounting. <laughs> you know, they may right. not have time at that moment. Um, but I would ask your manager to help you with the strategy. Who should I be contacting and connecting with to have these conversations so I can learn more? And you might even go a step further and ask your manager to introduce you to that person, and then you could take it from there.
0: Yeah, yeah Are
1: the butterflies gone,
0: th- Jerome? A little bit. I just a little bit. I just understand that it's very nuanced, right? And and really trusting your intuition and <clears throat> excuse me, and, and understanding um what's appropriate to ask for and when, and sort of following your gut instincts about what information you need and when you need it. Um I, I think you know, you mentioned being introverted and I'm somewhat of an introvert, um, less so as I grow older, but um but for me it would just have to be uh, just a really organic conversation and i i would have to sort of feel things out before i um before i got that information but I, I i totally understand why you would watch it and and how valuable that is um and so i think it's it's great advice absolutely great advice yeah
1: well and so, let me throw this in there too as an additional suggestion um when the time is right To better understand the organization, see if there's an org chart that already exists. Maybe it's in that intranet, in that database that we've talked about earlier. But if there isn't one, what I would encourage you to do is offer to create one. You know, this is going to work for a small company. It's, you know, corporations probably already have them. But if you work for a, a company that's 20, 30, 40, 50 people, you can definitely create an org chart and there are, you know, there's software that you can use to make it look really nice and pretty and everything. But to to offer to create an org chart is going to be very valuable. And it will say a lot about you. You take the initiative and you're saying, you know what, um, I want to create an org chart so that we're, you know, all informed on who's who and how we're all connected. And I think that that could be... <clears throat> You know, a relatively early win for you, and uh, you know the the beauty of of that process is that you would be, for lack of a better term, forced to go to different department heads and different people to get their take on, you know, what they do. You know, that's that's perfect. I'm I'm the new guy. I'm I'm, start, I'm creating an org chart, and I'd like five or ten minutes of your time just to you know understand your role in the organization. So I can pull all this together. And and I just think that there's so much value in that process that it's going to create that early win for you, and it's going to introduce you organically, so to speak, to other people within the company. Um, right. And, you know, really part of what you're looking for in this bigger picture of the org chart, uh, you're looking for chain of command and authority relationships among people working at different levels and you know this is so important uh, in any company as part of the culture and the politics that go on all that's going to help you navigate this organization better yeah absolutely
0: it's i think it's really valuable to know who do i go to if i have this problem who is you know that chain of command that, you know, who's, who's responsible for this particular, um, facet of, of how things work and, and, um, and understanding that because, um, and without that in place, it's so easy to step on toes inadvertently. Right. Right. You go to the wrong person for something just because you didn't know. Um, and so to have that in place is, um, it's really important. Hopefully the company already has one, um, but I also think it's a really brilliant idea to, to offer to make it if, if they don't have one mm-hmm. to build that up,
1: yeah. Yep. Now, another thing that you could do, and I think it would be a good exercise in and of itself, even if you never sent it, but create a, uh, an email, a self-introduction to, to introduce yourself to, to the staff, to different departments, you can modify it if you need to, but I think it's going to be a valuable thing uh, for you to, as a way to introduce yourself to others, and then people sometimes will reply back, hey, welcome aboard, you know, that type of thing, <clears throat> and then you're not a total stranger. Uh, so when you do see someone in the hallway, say, hey, I'm Judson, and oh, yeah, you sent me the email, thanks, welcome aboard, glad to have you, that type of thing. Um, and so, think about that. And you know, if it's a ten thousand person company, you might not want to send it to all the company, right? But pick the right departments, the ones that you'll be interacting with as you move forward. And this is part of what you're learning as you go. So you'll say, okay, I need to connect with this department and this department, and I'm going to send myself intro to these people. So I think that uh, the creation of that email. Will be good in terms of just practicing your writing skills, and this is the time you really got to make sure that it's it's really well written, punctuated perfectly, and uh, you know just grammar everything about it's got to be really good because again, this is your first impression to a lot of people, but you want to make an impression and and this would be another way to do it. Again, may not be the best idea um in 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 a in a large company and send it to everybody, but use your discretion and and work with your manager
0: um around yeah. that right yeah i was that was my what I was just going to suggest you know sit down with the manager and say um you know you've you've got your email set up and ask you know what is what are the um what do I need to conform to in terms of my signature line? can you help me build my signature line um because oftentimes there's certain requirements, uh, and and find out about the email protocols, and then say, you know, suggest sending out a an introduction email, um, and it could be something that the manager sends out on your behalf too. Um, yeah. I think no. When absolutely. I, when I when I started working for the staffing firm, as I recall, uh, the regional manager sent out an email introducing me to. Um, to the the company you know people in the company, which was really lovely because I remember getting a lot of of you know welcome emails back um, from from different people it was it was really nice I remember you know the company that I worked for did such a good job with all of that making because we were a large company, but making us all feel like we were part of a big family mm-hmm. um, and I think in this process of onboarding uh as you know as secure In your first um, few months of the company, um, if those things aren't in place to sort of take the lead on them, I think it's great. And it could actually sort of set a tone for how you're going to be in that company and maybe how other people are going to be. You know, I think sometimes uh, those influences, the small influences, um, add up to really big contributions. So
1: Yes, I would agree. And, and let me just throw out a couple of uh, suggestions. As you do connect with people, if you're thinking, well, gee, what do I say besides hi? How's your day going? Um, you know, ask some st- smart and strategic questions when the time is right in that conversation. But try to understand, for example, what's their biggest challenge is as a department, as an individual, as their if they're an individual contributor. Just understanding that and and ask them. You know, what, what are your short and medium and long-term goals as a department Mm -hmm. and you can always ask you know how is that measured you know these are really good questions and again you got to use uh some discretion on this because you don't want it to be like an interrogation of any sort but what you do want to do is gain some insight into each department or each individual's contribution and how it fits into that bigger picture and i think that You know, you get some really good information with good questions. And I think that this could, sort of like what you said a minute ago, Jerome, is set the tone. Say, look, we Mm -hmm. want to have these conversations. Uh, You know, if you're upstream or downstream, how does what I do affect you? And is there something I could do or do differently that would make your job easier or or flow better? Asking questions like that, no one would ever – I don't think would ever resent you for it or think, well, why are you asking me that? I think that they would be very open to having those conversations and what you could be doing is setting long-term expectations as far as transparency and having open communications with with your colleagues.
0: Right, and I I think... I'm thinking in terms of, like, even these meetings... I'm going back again to when I first started at Talent Tree um the staffing firm I worked for I was in a, a field office and we but we worked with so many different organizations or parts of the um the corporate office right so billing and the people who did payroll for our our temporary employees and all of that right there were so many moving parts and it was important to know like for instance the the people who who processed our payroll every week I needed to know how best to communicate with them because of how their workflow went, um, and so I knew that there were times when I needed to actually pick up the phone call phone and call Eddie um, because something needed to be handled right away, or I knew that I needed to send an email to their shared email box because there were two people who did the processing for our office um, and those things were things that um, i I needed to know they they were so important for everybody working well together, um, but I couldn't have known them without taking the time to have those conversations um, from the front end. And you learn these things as you go, but I remember that that was part of the process too, you know, of of introducing, being introduced to different departments. You know, oh, in billing, you know, they like to receive a fax. You know, uh, this this person doesn't check their email except... Twice a day so if you need something urgently you need to get on the phone you know just those kinds of nuances um, really make you successful and sometimes I think um, there there are so many things that can be assumed that we know and we don't know and so I think part of this whole process is being proactive and knowing what questions to ask and um, and doing so in a manner that um, that's, you know, not intrusive, but, you know, I I do think that um, people appreciate what, you know, if I'm, like, say you're talking with the accounting department, what can I do to make your job easier? You know, I know we're going to have to work closely together. What can I do? What are your expectations from me? What are the things I need to know to really help you do your job so that we're a cohesive team? Yep.
1: I think it's critical to have those conversations, and strategically with various departments, depending on on your role, your department, and your objectives as well. So, right, it's, it's just a communication thing. A lot of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, this is this is an opportunity to to really get involved and and meet the people you're going to be working with because you are a family, and mm-hmm. each of you affects everyone else. So, understanding how that works is going to be very valuable to your success, but also the success of the organization.
0: And I think well, – No, let go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just understanding that you're working with other people and, and to understand the value of relationships with people. I mean, of course, we're in an office setting, we're in a corporate setting, and so it's a professional setting, but we're still dealing with people who have feelings, who have um, good days, bad days, all of that. And so to always, you know, saying please and thank you goes a long way. Um, yep. And I think we sometimes, it's easy to forget that. I think sometimes we we can sort of dehumanize people that we, maybe, and especially like, you know, someone in the corporate office whose voice we hear on the phone or who's on the other side of an email, we never ever see them. Um, we don't know anything really about them other than their role. Um, and so I think to please and to thank you and uh, being polite just goes a long way. So
1: Yes, absolutely. Anyway. And connecting a face with, with a
0: voice is
1: so important. And it doesn't happen sometimes because corporations right. are so large. Um, and, um, you know, part of what you could do to help change that is just, you know, say, hey, let's meet up for coffee in the break room. You know, it would be nice to mm-hmm. meet you in person. Nothing wrong with that. We all need a break here and there, so if you could do that, um, you, that will go a long way as well. One other thing I'll mention, and then we can go into you know beyond the first day. But if you work for a very large company, for example, and there's a corporate campus, I would say you know take a tour of the campus, and it might be a self-guided tour. It might be with someone who knows you know which buildings are are which, but I think that's going to be very valuable in terms of getting a lay of the land and, and to, to use a funny example for, you know, you wouldn't want to show up at at a, at a meeting for department heads and say, well, I got lost on my way over. Sorry, I'm late. Right. So you want to understand where the buildings are and even within your own building, you know, where are the restrooms, where's the break room, these types of things. These are kind of a given, but just a reminder of these first things. Um, that you can do on your first day or first week. Um, also, moving into the first week and beyond, um, I would say, you know, part of what we're trying to accomplish in connecting with people is to, uh, especially if you're on the team, how do you, how do you get clarification on what your team's priorities are? Now, hopefully, this won't be a first time conversation. It will have been conveyed to you as you move forward, but having that conversation with people, various team members, just to get their take on it. And you may even ask them, so based on your experience here, what do you see as our team's top priority? You You might get a lot of different answers, but nonetheless, you're going to get some insight into what those priorities are. I think that's going to go a long way too. That's right. And you know, I think ongoingly we're, we're always going to be wanting to meet colleagues, and you know, there's a number of ways you can do that as you get more involved with the company. For example, what one thing that you could do is if they have a, a, a softball team or a volleyball team, you could join that, and you're going to start meeting people from different departments, different levels. You know, you're all on the same volleyball team. That's, that's great. What a great way to meet people and network internally. I think it's great. And especially if you're doing the you know, companies have Habitat for Humanity or whatever um, right. <laughs> the giving is. Get involved with those things because it just, it, it allows you to meet more people. And if you're volunteering yourself to good causes, that just speaks volumes.
0: Yeah, so no, I think, think that's all
1: comment?
0: no, I think I think it's all um it's all really great information um in terms of, you know, building building the relationships and um yeah, and, and understanding who people are and and you know, just I you know, we spend so much of our time at, at work. It's really um a beautiful thing when you can Feel like you like your colleagues, you enjoy spending time with them. You're all committed to a, a same mission. You all believe in that mission. Um, and, and I've been really fortunate in my lifetime to work always in, you know, in organizations and with companies where we really did feel like a family. And so it's it's you know, of course, there are difficult conversations to be had always, but you know, from time to time, and, and but it makes it so much easier when. When it's people you like and you respect and you have that camaraderie, um, I think I don't know if we touched on this, but um, you know we're talking a lot about communication and we're just, and you ha- has sort of alluded to um, measuring outcomes or or how how work is evaluated and and what priorities are and all of that. And I think um, from the very start to sit down with your manager. And really get clearly defined expectations for your role, um, you know, and to be to sort of I think as the employee or you know the new person to, to again we're talking about setting the tone, um, you know, to set that tone of, um, you know, I'm somebody who who really wants to do well in this position. And so I'm really open to constructive criticism. I'm really open to feedback. Please, you know, help me, you know, I wanna understand what the expectations are. i you know, feel free to to let me know if I haven't done something correctly so I can make corrections. Um, you know, this is a learning process and just really sort of setting the tone that you're open open to that. Um and you know, uh Get things you know, write things down, take notes um one of the things I would suggest um that, as a new employee, you do is you keep a keep a journal you know um keep a that's one of the things I did in my well, I think I learned it as a teacher, you know, you document everything, you document the things that happen in your classroom so if there's ever a question you know if a, about behavioral things with a student, you know it's documented, and so I've always carried that. Uh, with me through all of my jobs. Um, And even as a self-employed business owner, I keep a daily sort of journal of, you know, what conversations I had, what we talked, you know. um, And I think that can be really beneficial.
1: Yes, I think that's great advice. Journals can be helpful both professionally and personally, of course. So I think that's a really good suggestion. And, you know, the thing is, you know, as you look around, we can learn a lot by observing, And in terms of the team that you're on, for example, you know, listen and look out for the things that are frustrating for the team. And -hmm. it could be a step in a workflow process or a particular procedure or maybe a difficult person. But as the new person, take time to really understand why things are the way they are before you suggest any changes, and and this is hard to do sometimes because you, you see it through fresh eyes and you think, oh, well, we could do this, we should do that, blah, blah, blah. And if that's already been done or if there's a reason why that wouldn't work, you know, it can kind of backfire on you. And I, 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 I go back to Stephen Covey's principle, seek first to understand and then be understood. And, you know, this takes time. You're not going to understand and get everything day one. But you don't want to come in there like a bull in a china shop and, you know, try to make all these changes when, you know, people have been trying this for months, maybe years to make changes along these lines. And you come in and you think you're going to be the, the new young whippersnapper <laughs> going to change everything. Right. You know, right. it, it's, it rubs people the wrong way. So I think if you do just seek first to understand, that's going to help you move forward with good strategies and good suggestions.
0: Right and and be beware of any sentence that begins with well at my last company we did this right right, right? yes it's, yeah yeah uh,
1: yeah I I would say minimize your your alluding to where you came from in any regard you know right because right, I mean right. you're no longer there and yeah you probably had a good run hopefully but even if you didn't you know never go negative about a company that you came from. Or, you know, to your point, Jerome, it's like, well, if, if it was such a good company and you all did it that way, why don't you go back, right? And no right, one's right, going to say right. that, but they might think it. Right, right.
0: Well, I think, again, it's all, it's all about, you know, um, observing, being intuitive, trusting your gut, gathering information. And, and I have to tell you, I think in every job I've ever taken, I was, you're so exhausted. You're not doing a whole lot in the first few weeks. I mean, oftentimes you're not really actually performing the functions of the role, but you're learning so much information and you're so on all day long, right? That you go Mm -hmm. home exhausted. Because you're just so mentally, and you should, right? You should be so mentally alert in these first few weeks um, and just, observing and taking notes and and asking questions, Um, you know, that you go home feeling like, wow, it was an emotional, not emotionally, but a mentally exhausting day. I've always had that experience, even in early retail jobs, you know, where it's like, oh, you're learning a new computer system or whatever it happens to be. Um, So, Yes.
1: Well, absolutely. And 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 that's to be expected. If you're not exhausted, maybe you're not doing it right. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. So, um yeah, but that's a that's a good reminder that you will be exhausted. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't come in, you know, bright bright-eyed and bushy-tailed every day. Get enough sleep and make sure you're eating right and all that. That's that's kind of a given, but um one other thing I kind of wanted to move on to in in the, in the first month and beyond. Is, is the networking component, component within your industry, especially if you're new to the industry. Uh, but even if you're not you know, understanding what professional associations are out there and start to get connected with those monthly luncheons, for example, and as you move into those organizations and become more familiar and comfortable with them, I would encourage you to get involved on a committee level And there's a number of committees usually for any professional association. But if you're a marketing person, for example, get involved with the marketing of the professional association. You're tapping into your skills that you already have, and you may be learning new skills uh, around marketing tactics or techniques as well. But it really allows you to network with people in your industry. And I think that's so valuable for, for your career, and not only with the new job, um, but just with your career in general, because there's a lot going on out there for industry specific uh, people and professionals. So do get involved with
0: that as well. Excellent. So I have Side sort of button. a random, well, just a random thought about all of this, and I think, um, I think it goes back to really. Um, you know, as I as we were pre- pre- as we were preparing for this particular conversation, I did some research online and I found a number of articles about um you know, how to be successful in the first um 90 days or whatever it happens to be. And um and there was one that talked about um choosing your job wisely. Um which really is you know, the front end of this process of of where you're applying and you know, where you're applying and, and what you're learning in the job interview and making sure it's a, a corporate culture match and all of those things. Um, so there's a part of me as we're talking about these things, we're talking about, you know, being really proactive and energized and asking questions and joining um, organizations and asking for business plans and all these things, which I think are really brilliant and wonderful. And then there's a part of me that thinks, but what if I'm, coming into a company and my manager's threatened because I'm a little too overzealous um, or, um, or you know, or it's just a company that maybe has stagnated and so I have too much of this energy, you know, and I'm wanting to be, do you know what I'm saying? Like I think sometimes people could be threatened by too much of that. And I think the bottom line for me would be to make sure if i'm if i want to really be a go-getter and be you know really uh, driving my career in this way to make sure i'm choosing companies where there are other people who have that same sort of energy level that's does that make sense because yeah I, absolutely and and this is where you need to use your people
1: skills to read that situation and you know hopefully through conversations with your manager you can tell the level of collaboration and mm-hmm. maybe the reluctancy. So that's when you can maybe ratchet it back a little bit or pour it on, whatever you need to do. Right. And, um, you know, I think that if you, in general, I mean, you can be a go-getter, but also be a go-giver. And in, in right. that meaning, you know, how do you, like I said earlier, if you could create the org chart, what can you do to give of yourself? Maybe that's above and beyond the job description that will help the company. And hopefully people won't resent you for doing that. If they do, you know, that's that's their problem. And you still have to deal with it. So I'm not saying just you know go roughshod over people, but just you know follow your gut and use your common sense as you go through all this. Because again, there's so much involved with this because it's people. And sometimes people are easily offended or easily threatened. And this is where you need to understand your role and and how it applies to the betterment of the company. And I think once you can do that, uh, you'll be able to gauge how how strongly you need to come on or back off through that process. You raise a good point, John. You really do. And you know, anytime you deal with people, we're always going to have challenges. And because we're people,
0: and, and hopefully well, these it's... are things you uncover during your interview process. And I think that's what's critical. Uh, and it's funny because I'm having like flashbacks to my my times as a teacher, and I I worked with some really incredible teachers, some really fat like really fabulous people. But then there were teachers um, that you know it's the third week of school, and they're on the third. You know, third week lesson plan that they've done every year for the last ten years, and then uh, they have a student teacher who comes in, and that student teacher is all excited about you know new ways of teaching, and they hit that brick wall because it's like, oh no no no, and I can see that happening in the workplace too. Like I'm the new, you know, the, the new recruit, and I've got all this energy, and I'm really excited about what I'm going to do, and uh, and I meet my manager, and my manager is sort of very regimented and, and you know, it's like so navigating that can be really difficult, um, especially in the first few months, you know. And so I think it's important to to uncover those things in the interview if they're going to be, like, to, to know in the interview that, okay, maybe this isn't a good fit. Um, or, you know, you take, you get in a situation like now, okay, now how do we manage it? So that you don't feel like you're stuck, and you can have a good relationship. Um, and I think mentorship in this whole process is important too, like finding somebody within the company who can be your mentor. If you're not assi- and if you're assigned a mentor, that's great. But if you're not, to find somebody, and maybe that person's your manager, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's somebody um, that. Works in in the firm, but is a, at a, a different in a different department, or or uh, maybe you know it could be any number of things. But to find somebody who you you can establish rapport with, who can sort of guide you and give you advice, maybe advice about how do you deal with the difficult manager if that's something that comes up. Um, and I think yeah. that in those those first few days, just to seek that out, or in the first few months. To seek that out, and I think it kind of happens, you know. Again, in my in my different uh, experiences, I had, in fact, one of the mentors I had um, when I worked for the staffing firm. She and I are still really good friends, and we haven't worked together for you know ten plus years. Um, and she happened to be someone in the corporate office that I just connected with, and so when I had. Uh, maybe challenges in my in my office. I would send her an email, and I knew that there was um, that she would give me good advice, and it would be confidential, and I would never step on any toes. and And it was just nice to have that um, because it just made my it just helped me so much in my career there to have that sort of somebody who knew me, you know. Um, and we were both people of faith, and that was interesting important too, right? to have that sort of common bond um, that, you know, I could talk to her about that and have that perspective too. Um, And I just cannot um, recommend having a mentor more strongly. um,
1: Right. Well, and I would agree a hundred percent. And so let's, let's just go a little deeper on that topic because I think it is so very critical, uh, to, to people's success. And so when you, well, you may, maybe even before you start, you'll know this, but find out if the company has a mentorship program because this is becoming more and more popular. And with that said, if they don't, Perhaps you can talk to HR or whomever to say, let's let's talk about what would it take to start a mentoring program within the company. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would be against it. It would probably come down to a time constraint or a bandwidth. But right, you know, in addition to finding a mentor, perhaps through this process, you could become a mentor as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, two absolutely. sides to that coin. And, you know, to to create a mentorship program is no small undertaking. But as long as you don't have to do it by yourself or on your own, I think it could be a great way to to get involved and meet a lot of different people with such a wonderful objective that you would be perceived as like, wow, you're really trying to help us, you know, as a company grow together as a family. And, you know, there's no downside to that. The way I look at it, so I I would you know try to perhaps before you even get on board, see if they have a mentorship program, and if they don't, you know do a little research on your own to to understand some of the basic moving parts of a mentorship program as far as right. the pairing and the matching and 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 time and and you know expectations on it, but understanding that, getting that information, because then when you do go to HR or whomever. You know, you you are more well versed in that conversation. I mean, what a wonderful thing if you, you know, as part of your legacy, could be well. After I left the company, you know, while I was there, I helped establish a mentorship program, and now it ties into, you know, our our university recruiter, our campus recruiter, because you know you get a, a newbie on board, and suddenly they're paired with somebody and. You know, they're aligned with the company and hopefully they'll stay there longer. So it could tap into retention too. There's a number of wonderful goals that, you know, and, and, and results that come about because of a mentorship program. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's a really good topic.
0: Yeah. And I think um I'm not sure how we're doing with time, but I think, you know, we're talking a whole lot about relationships in this um, you know, that seems to be the the sweet spot in terms of making sure you're successful is to establish those relationships within the company. Um, and I think that's critical. And I think, so when we're talking about mentorship, we're talking about somebody who is going to, whether this is your manager or whoever it happens to be, uh, not just somebody when we'll, we want to hang out with and have lunch with and kiki with, but somebody that is going to, direct us, have difficult conversations with us, let us know when we're messing up, celebrate our our achievements with. And I think what we maybe haven't um, really touched on so much, um, and as we're kind of wrapping things up, I think it's really um, important. And I think it's sort of the underlying theme that we're talking about, but not necessarily um, saying as overtly as we should. But things like have a written plan, have defined goals. Uh, understand how you're going to be measured on those goals. What are the benchmarks? Evaluations, assessing yourself, having you know, paying attention um, when uh, you have your you know 90 day evaluation if that happens. Um, really taking feedback to heart. Asking for feedback. Um, you know asking for it if it's not given, you know, being really open to that. Those are sort of the underlying things uh, that I think are so important to also, you know, in terms of we're talking about relationships and communication and all that's important, but the nuts and bolts of all of this is be specific, as specific as possible about expectations, benchmarks, key performance indicators, all of those things so that you really know what you're supposed to be doing, um, and again, it's going back to my education days. One of my things um, that was so important in my classroom was that my students knew, without a shadow of a doubt, what they were expected to do. It was so clear. It was so obvious. The rules were obvious. The assignments were obvious. You know, and I think within the workplace, that's important too. Um, I mean, sorry, I've touched on it, but I thought maybe we should really be kind of laser focused on that thought.
1: Yes. Well, yes, expectation management is critical in life, uh, but especially in the workplace. And, you know, if you're having these ongoing conversations, I think that the expectations will not be a surprise to you. And you'll be able to maybe even contribute to what those expectations are. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really
0: important and clearly defined goals that are written down um i and i don't remember i i probably read it from a number of different people but uh you know you talk, you, you read articles about you know top ceos and you know people who have been really successful and one of the things i mean there are a few things that are um sort of across the board that you know the top ceos all have and one of them um, actually, the two that I remember the most are, are, are having a spiritual practice of some sort, meditation, prayer, whatever, some sort of spiritual practice. And the second was clearly defined, written goals. And I think that's something that's a takeaway for all of us, whether we're self-employed, new employees, um, or employees who've been on the job for 10 years. You know, write it down define the goal and be really clear about it and there's something really magical about writing something on you know running it down in a journal or on a, a post-it note that's on your desk um, it's just I don't know what it is but when we commit it to paper things happen
1: yes no doubt and I think that that, that would also give you uh, fodder for conversation with your manager you know you may not share everything but as in terms of personal and professional development, mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, incorporating that into your conversations will contribute to you accomplishing those professional goals uh, as I, well. So I, I think that it's, what what we've said, and, and you, you said it well, is it, really about people and relationships. And so we've given you a lot today here And maybe the last thing for an ongoing success, a couple of thoughts. And, Jerome, you can share yours as well. But, you know, really cultivating relationships across the organization in an organic way. Sometimes this can be very intentional, but get involved with some of those internal clubs or groups to, to help that happen. And, you know, surround yourself with successful people. That's just kind of good advice no matter no matter what right birds of a feather flock together my mom always used to say Mm -hmm. and how true that is you know and when you surround yourself with successful people you tend to come up to their level uh as well and that's important to to be able to find people like that within an organization because when when you see them being successful you can identify what the company sees as valuable in terms of success and and you can respond accordingly. Any other ongoing pieces of advice?
0: Yeah, well, I think um, uh, it's something we, we sort of said at the beginning um, about taking ownership of everything you do. Um, I think that's important. And I, I think one of the things that I, um, in my coaching, you know, I sometimes am coaching people who are, um in transition and they're in a career and they're wanting to move out of it or, or maybe they don't like where they're working and they want to move out. And the advice I always give them is show up in your excellence every day, every day, even if you're working in a, a role you don't like and you're on your way out, show up in your excellence every day because first of all, it's all about having personal integrity and being, you know, that personal brand, right? Um, mm-hmm. But, But there's something, again, you know, speaking sort of uh, in metaphysical spiritual terms, when we show up in our excellence every day, opportunity comes to us. Because the message we're sending to God, source, the universe, however you see that power, the message you're you're, you're sending is, I am somebody who is about excellence. And I'm looking and I'm open to possibility and to opportunity. So, whether it's your first day on the job or your thousandth day on the job, show up in your excellence all the time. And um, and you can never, ever, ever go wrong if you do that. You know, even if you mess up, you can say, you know, I did my best, you know. we all know when we're half asking something, you know. Yep. And so, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that on the first day. And don't do that when you're, um, when you're, you know, you're on your way out. It's I, just a quick story. I Marianne Williamson is somebody I love. Uh, she's a spiritual teacher, and I followed her career for many, many years. And she told a story in one of her lectures about somebody who she knew, I think, who had given like noticed that she was leaving the job and was kind of, you know, not really showing up in the excellence and kind of going through the motions. And her manager handed her a note that said, until you leave, please be here. And it was just like this wake up call, like, okay, yeah, I need to be here until I'm actually gone. Um, So.
1: And how would you know I'm that that's that happening? If time. anyone ever calls you a short-timer, <laughs> they're picking
0: up on it. <laughs> well, and I think we intuitively know. We know. We right. just know. Yeah. I, because we feel it. You know, when you're showing up in your excellence and you're feeling good about what you're doing, you feel that energy. And when you're kind of lethargic, and uh, you know, you feel that too. Mm-hmm. And it never feels good. It just never feels good. Even right. if you think, oh, I hate this place
1: you know? Yep. Uh, Agree. Yeah. Well, I think we're about out of time on this, Jerome. So I let's do. Yeah. Here. But we did cover an awful lot. And again, as we said at the beginning, make sure that you use your discretion in all these suggestions that we're providing. There are wonderful articles out there. And of course, um, the person that I'm most familiar with on the first 90 days is Michael Watkins. He he wrote a book called The First 90 Days. I think it's a valuable uh, book with great insight and take a look at that and do everything you can to help yourself be successful because there are a number of things you can do to, ensure, to at least help ensure that success, but there's also a number of derailers and you want to avoid those too. And hopefully what we talked about today uh, was both sides of those cones. Here's some things you can do, here's things you might not want to do, but ultimately it's, it's your choice, your career, and we hope that what we gave you today was valuable and applicable to your success.
0: Excellent. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for um, all you shared today, Judson. It's really valuable information. So if you want to reach us, if you want to reach the podcast, uh, you can send an email to uplevelcareers um, at gmail.com. You can find Uplevel Your Career um, on Facebook. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, um, a number of other places. Uh, If you're listening to us on any of those platforms, do us a favor, um, leave a comment, uh, review the podcast, share this with your friends, your family, your associates, um, just let the you know, spread the word that you um, that we're doing this and that it's available. If you happen to live in San Francisco or in the San Francisco Bay Area, the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce offers a free resource for job seekers. It's called the S the San Francisco Job Forum. You can do a Google search and find out about that. There are a number of panelists. Um, I think the last I heard there were like eighty five to ninety panelists from really top companies that meet with job seekers on a weekly basis. They're doing it virtually right now because of the COVID-19 um, uh, crisis. But they offer really great practical one-on-one. Uh, it's a group of people, but you they spend a little time with each job seeker um, each evening that they do this uh, to give information and advice. So check it out online. It's the San Francisco Job Forum. Um, if there isn't such a, a forum in your Um, own community, maybe you can find some business people and start one yourself. It's a really great um, tool. I'm at the resume shop, Inc.com. Inc. is I-N-K.com and you can find my contact information there as well. And Judson, how about you share your contact information and then we'll sign off.
1: Okay, thanks, Jerome. Yes, I can be found at careerpathstrategies.com and my email address is Judson, J-U-D-S-O-N, at careerpathstrategies.com. We thank you so much for listening with us today. As Jerome said, uh, please share this with your friends, especially if someone is about to embark on on a new career, on a new job. Some of this information will be helpful in helping them be successful. We thank you so much, and stay safe. Thanks, now. Bye-bye.